Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we are studying the Word of God, studying the Bible, specifically studying the Gospel of John. Today is episode 102, and we're looking at John chapter 5, verses 41 to 47. Jesus has been talking to the religious leaders who have been criticizing him about the fact that he healed someone on the Sabbath and made himself out to be equivalent to God in their eyes and that he was saying God was his personal father. So let's uh, continue the passage here and read John chapter 5, verses 41 through 47. Jesus says, I do not accept glory from people, but I know you that you have no love for God within you. I have come in my Father's name, and yet you don't accept me. If someone else comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe, since you accept glory from one another, but don't seek the glory that comes from the only God? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, because he wrote about me. But if you don't believe what he wrote, how will you believe my words? Well, Jesus is defending himself against this accusation that he's stepping out of line. Not only is he violating the Sabbath, but he's saying that God is his personal father. And he has uh, made reference to the, the four witnesses, that is, the witnesses of John the Baptist, the witnesses of his works, the works of God, the witness directly from the Father, and the witness of the Scriptures. Now he's continuing that argument. In verse 41, he says, I do not accept glory from people. Now, when he says glory, he's essentially saying praise. It's the same word uh, that can mean praise here. So his purpose, his purpose is not to receive accolades from people. He's not doing things to be praised by people. Yes, he is performing miracles, but his goal is not to impress people with these miracles so that they would flock to him and praise him. His goal is to please the Father, not people. And so what people say about him, that's not his motivation. Hopefully people say what is correct about him, but his goal is to do what the Father wants. Then verse 42, he says, But I know you, that you have no love for God within you. This is a pretty strong accusation here, and I'm sure they were really bristle at this, the idea they say that they don't love God. Well, they, they love God. They are devoted to God. These are the most religious people you could find. Well, that's just it. They're very religious people, but as too often the case in religion, they've missed God. They don't necessarily love God. They love their ideas about God because they're actually missing God here. They're persecuting God the Son. They're persecuting the Son of God. And so, obviously, based on what they're doing, there's a problem in how they're following God. And as so often the case in religion, we end up following religion instead of following God. We end up following what we think God is like versus what God really is like. And we then try to make him fit our preconceived ideas about how he does things and what he's like versus listening to him and having him tell us what he is like. Verse 43, he says, I have come in my father's name and yet you don't accept me. If someone else comes in his own name, you will accept him. 
So this reveals how they feel about the Father in that here Jesus is coming sent by the Father, coming in the Father's name, and yet they are rejecting him. And this challenge, you accept someone else who comes in their own name, you accept someone based on their own credentials, based on their own testimony about themselves, based on their own abilities. But here's someone coming in the name of God and being rejected. And he amplifies this in verse 44. He says, how can you believe since you accept glory from one another, but don't seek the glory that comes from the only God? Now, this idea of glory here is the idea of praise. You praise each other because what is highly respected among this group of people, being very learned. These are people who devote their lives to studying the scripture. And that's how they impress each other, is how well they have studied the scripture, how much they know about the scripture, what great scholars they are. And this is how they praise each other based on what incredible biblical scholars they are. So they praise one another on this uh, basis, but they're actually missing God. So they praise each other, but they're not praising God. They're not seeking the glory that comes from God. Here they are missing the very thing that God is doing. Then in verse 45, he says, Do not think I will accuse you to the Father. Now Jesus has not come as the accuser. Jesus has come as the Savior. Back when he had the conversation with Nicodemus, Jesus said, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Because you're already condemned, and the solution is to believe in the name of the one and only Son of God. So Jesus didn't come to accuse, he came to save. So he says, I don't think I will accuse you to the Father. Then this this is a knife in the heart to them. Your accuser is Moses on whom you have set your hope. This goes back to, what was the purpose of the Mosaic Law? Why did God give the law to Moses? The the reason was to show sin, was to show, uh, give a picture of what following God looks like, but what sin is like, and how bad sin is, and that there can be a sacrifice for sin. It's all pointing the way to the coming of the Savior. But what it's turned into is, what is their view of salvation? Their view of salvation is following the rules. If we can just follow the rules that Moses has given us, follow them perfectly, follow them so well, then we will be in right standing with God. Their view is a salvation of works, a salvation based on rule following where what Moses does is Moses' law actually shows our sinfulness and our inability to be good enough for God and our need for a Savior. So he says, you know, your accuser is Moses, not me, because you're not actually following Moses. You're not doing what Moses said to do. Then verse 46, for if you believed Moses, you would believe me, because he wrote about me. The law is pointing the way to the Savior, that a sacrifice is the only thing that can take care of sin. You can't follow the rules. All you can do is have a sacrifice. Forgiveness is the only solution to sin, not following the rules. And then finally, in verse 47, he says, but if you don't believe what he wrote, 
how you believe my words. This is a group of people who spent their lives studying the law of Moses and trying to follow the law of Moses. And his words to them are, you, you don't even believe what Moses said. Obviously, since what you're doing is not what Moses said. So if you don't believe Moses, how are you going to believe me? If you're not following what Moses said to do, you're going to miss it with me. Now, you, how many times did he use believe here? He used it in verse 44. He used it in verse 46. He used it twice in verse 47. Believe is a big deal in the Gospel of John. It's a main theme, the idea of believe. And if we go back to, keep pointing to John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, where John says why he wrote this Gospel. It wasn't just a, a history book because he didn't capture all the history. He says Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John wrote this gospel so that you would believe, believe that Jesus is the Savior, and place your faith in him, and have eternal life. So believe is the theme of the Gospel of John. Now John uses believe 98 times and is always in a verb form. He never uses the noun form that is belief. It's always action, believe, to believe. Now the other Gospel writers use it, but not that many. John 98 times. Matthew 11, Mark 10, Luke 9, John 98. And the way he uses it uh, 12 times, he, he talks about believing facts. Believe this is true. Believe this happened. Uh, 19 times he talks about believing people or believing the scripture. 36 times he uses this believe in Christ. And then 30 times just plain believe. No, no object to the belief, but just believe. Like the man says, I believe. And that's always implied, believing in Christ. So here we have uh, 66 of these 98 times. It's, it's focused on believing in Christ, believing Christ. And so belief is a big deal here. And John uses that word a lot, believe, because that is his purpose. He's not writing a history He's not just telling the story of Jesus. He's not just giving a newspaper report of this is what happened. He's very purposely giving a theological explanation of why we should believe. And so the chronology is not the important point. Belief is the important point. And this is what Jesus is challenging these religious leaders about is that what is their problem with believing? They're not believing in Jesus because they really don't believe God. They really don't believe Moses. They really don't believe their Bibles. So how are they going to believe him? Good question for us. Why do we believe? What do we believe? Do we really believe? Do we believe in God? Do we believe in Jesus? Do we believe the Bible? And if we actually say we do believe those things, then are we allowing the Bible to be the one who forms our belief? 
or do we have a set of beliefs that we try to mold the Bible to fit? Well, the reason we're doing this study, studying the Word of God, is so that we can come to the Bible and say, what has God really told us, and how can that be the basis for what we believe? Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of John.